One Week Season. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to hang out with us. Uh, you know, and, and, and whether you're an existing prop subscriber or you're not, you're just looking to learn more about it. Um, this has been the first time that OWS has officially dove into the prop space. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, like, OWS started as a DFS site and you know, purely DFS, that was it. And we we've started kind of branching out a little bit beyond that into spaces that are similar, right? Like spaces that uh, attract us because of their, their, how they tie into sports um, and spaces that attract us because we believe that they are opportunities to make some extra money on the side. Um, and, you know, DFS was like that originally. Uh, we, we look for where the, the edge is, right? JM likes saying every edge matters. And I think that very much applies to props. Uh, I think that, you know, you started seeing us put out some best ball content this year. I think that, that very much applies to best ball. Um, you know, we're looking... One of the cool things about this community is it's made up a bunch of really smart people who like figuring out how to succeed together and who are willing to think for themselves and 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 willing to take some risk in doing so. And, you know, we've had an active props community for a while, uh, and we've watched how people in there have been enormously successful, whether they're targeting things like parlays or, or individual prop betting or, you know, Stella Girl with his uh, how he you know, manipulates like uh, arbitrage and bonuses and um, free bets. Like there's a lot of edge out there in this, in the sports space broadly and props are one angle of it. And we're excited to dive into it. We've had, you know, we've had a lot of success so far. Uh, NFL has been successful so far. I will say it totally in total candor that the NFL prop market is getting harder um, I think Jerry and I both said to each other this week that this was last week was the toughest card we've ever tried to put together in NFL props. It's the toughest week we've ever faced. So, you know, books are getting smarter, right? Free money doesn't stay free forever, right? That's that's a pretty uh, pretty normal thing throughout all of our history is that whatever's free or easy does not remain so because people flock to it. Um, so NFL props are getting tougher, um, but we still had some we still had success there on the whole, right? We're still at a level that is well above the cost of the subscription in terms of our, our returns. Uh, NBA props, we have been running like the sun. I think God, let me go one sec. Let me go look at our total percentage. We're at 25.3% ROI uh, on NBA props so far, which is awesome. Um, I just want to be very clear to anyone in here. That is not sustainable. I just, you know, it's it's awesome. I'm happy to have it, uh, to have, got, have gotten off to a really hot start this year. But we want to be really open and honest with people about what we think is reasonable here. And 25% is nuts. Like, we do not think we make 25% this year. If you join expecting to make 25%, I am sorry to tell you that is unrealistic over the course of a full season. I do think what's realistic is somewhere in the, like, 6 to maybe 10 to 12% at the very high end sort of range. Um, and if you actually math that out and think about, like, what, you know, that what 6 to 12% uh, ROI means when you're doing, when you're betting, you know, 10, 10 15 bets a day, that actually adds up to a lot of money. Um so, but 25% is not realistic. So please do not expect that to continue. But it's been a fun, fun run to start off as anyone who is in the uh, NBA package uh, community, I think, knows and can attest to that the Discord channel has been super fun during basketball games and we're watching things go and ticking wins off. And it's been a blast. And it's going to be a blast of a season. So for those of you who are with us, 
um, who who have joined the props packages. Uh, thank you for your faith in us, and we look forward to a successful rest of both seasons uh, and future. For those of you who are thinking about joining, um, I will just note one of the cool things is OWS is super easy for this stuff. We have weekly subscriptions if you want to kind of dip your toes in and see if it's for you, uh, and we are pretty risk-free. If you, if you try it and you find that it doesn't work for you, we're pretty, pretty, e- we're pretty easy on the refunds. So, you know, if you're thinking about it and you want to try it, give it a try. And if it works for you, awesome. If it doesn't, no harm, no foul. That's all I've got. I want to leave the time for the questions. We can really dig into what our community wants to know. Um, Aaron, do you want to do some question reading or you want me to dig through? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll dig through. I'm just going to go top to bottom um, and allow you guys Ooh. just explore the topics and um, everybody that's up on stage, if if you want to answer the question, feel free to jump in here and we'll just keep this uh, open for for that conversation and allow the flow. Um, and if anybody has questions on top of what was asked, you know, feel free to drop it in the AMA uh, chat and I'll, I'll kind of stay on top of that here and bring the questions on board for everybody. So, all right, first one here is from Sports for Profit. This may be covered under process but I would love to know how to go about taking the same research that we already are doing for fantasy lineups and how to use that information to determine what props to bet. Ooh, I will take this one if that's okay with you all, the rest of you. And if anyone wants to add, by all means. I, I'm, sh- I'm shocked. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally surprised. For me, like I, and, and if you see like how I write up props, like, I like to write a, a sort of a reason why the prop is why we like it. And for me, that reasoning is part projection and part contextual. And so a happy place for me with a prop is where projection is favorable and there's contextual analysis that supports the, the bet. And so um, like you can you can look at props purely from a mathematical standpoint. Um, and just look for like I want props where there's a, where like I, there's projections that I trust and where the projection edge is greater than X percent. Uh, and I will take that prop. I like to also add in some contextual analysis to that. So like um, and there's some bets that I've taken personally that, I you know, I don't we don't bet. Every, like, I bet a lot. And I so like, I don't recommend not every single bet I take is officially recommended prop. But I'll give you an example. Um, when the was it uh, when the Chargers played the um, Broncos, what, a week or two ago, one of those horrible island showdown games, um, I took an under on Mike Williams receiving uh, where the projection was actually pretty close to where his um, his prop line was. The projection was slightly under um, and slight unders are OK in NFL, especially. And I'll, we'll talk about that about when we get to like mean and median discussion. Um, but the contextual analysis there was that we knew or we could we could expect that uh, what's his name? Um, I don't know his first name. I want to say it's Patrick, Patrick Sertain, the cornerback for the Broncos, who has been one of the, the few like absolute elite shutdown corners in the NFL this season was going to be the, the, the absolute shutdown. Yeah. The, so he was going to be on Mike Williams all game. And if you looked at what Sertain had allowed in coverage, it was minimal. And so, you know, projections have a hard time accounting for something like that. They are a hard time accounting for cornerback coverage. Like projections are sort of higher level and they look at like 
team is projected for this many points. They have they historically have a run pass split of this. And so we can project this many total passing yards for Justin Herbert. And then we distribute those passing yards according to sort of like historical norms of how his, how his volume is distributed. They have a hard time accounting for the fact that Mike Williams is going to be shadowed by, uh, by an elite cornerback all season or all, all game. And so, you know, I was like, I used the contextual analysis to sort of weigh in there and say, OK, I'm going to bet Mike Williams under. So like I like when they line up together. That makes me feel exceptionally confident. Um, I don't know. Anyone else have any thoughts they want to add to that one? I mean, I think he's done it well. There. The right. Someone asked us the other day. I don't remember who asked us. It was within the last this was last week, last couple weeks. Just for the bananas, as you guys are watching in the videos of Steve on the beard. That it was really It's just been we've been grinding on this. Um, this is eighty percent math. 20%. And it's easy just to say, yeah, sure, do that. But what one of the things that I think makes one week season different is all of us are also playing from a DFS perspective. And I think that gives us an innate advantage over a lot of the people on the market. There's some really sharp people out there doing this, um, you know. NFL has just gotten real sharp. I mean, I, even tonight, like, I don't love a lot of stuff tonight. Like, and so, see, there's JT and I talk a ton of football, and I'm literally, I'm not going to have anything. I just personally, I'm just not comfortable. But we want to look the whole picture, right? Um, and how to process it from a not only math standpoint, from but from a human standpoint, right? And that's where early in the season, there's always a lot more variance and availability. Right? The NBA line coming adjusted for second-year players making a big step up. Rookies like Paolo, who are just snatching right now, right? Like, they, they haven't caught up to that because at the end of the day, that while they're these big multi-million and billion-dollar companies, they... This is such a smaller market to them compared to a line they can't miss, right? If they project tonight's game to have a six and a half point spread and they open it at nine and a half, they will have guys placing six and seven figure bets on that instantly to crush them because they mispriced it. So they can't miss those because it's such a bigger market. Um, and so that's one of the advantages we have in NBA is on the prop side is while it, if the NBA is popular, we have the opportunity to take advantage of some marketing efficiencies that you guys have seen. I would also like to iterate what I just said. If, if you guys are new to this, guys, this is a heater and enjoy it because they don't always last and they don't always come and uh, we're just seeing the matrix right now, and we've had news fall our way. We, you know, we projected right, um, and it's a team effort. It take, it's taken our whole group to do this, um, but it's a it's something we want to look at, and at the same time, we want to we want to help you guys learn how to do some of this better. Um, X actually reached out to me and asked me with put something together that I'm going to work on. I keep a little bit of a secret right now. Um, but for those that don't know, I'm, I'm slightly above average in Excel. 
And so I'm going to work on something that's going to help with the underdog and prize picks and thrive and those guys uh, that'll help do them better. Some people have posted some stuff recently that have been there, um, but I'm working on it. It's not just a kind of little five-minute I do a lot of formulas, but we're going to help with that. And we'll talk about that a little further as we move on. But um, there's definite upside here. And the cool thing I personally, I just want to inject that I've been doing so far and actually said it a bunch of times is what's great about this is right. Only one person a week gets to win the moment. Only one person a week gets to win the show. Right. Um, one of the cool things that this has been as a community is when we're sweating out, you know, uh, eight and getting three personal fouls <laughs> in the first quarter and only having two rebounds and we got a, you know, we got a minute and a half point rebound pass and we leave him to 10 and then he comes out in the second half and gets us there, right? Like, I personally enjoy how much fun it is. So, that's, uh, that's where my big take is to start this off. And thanks, Wonder. I apologize. I am, I'm out of public place right now. So, if you guys can hear me, let me Oh, thanks, Trevor. Um, I'm going to jump to the next question here. Um, this is from a Tenacious D. Made a play last night, WCJ, over uh, 0.5 blocks. Given that the ancillary stats like blocks and threes are considered more volatile, do we reduce the unit size if it's an official play? Uh, I'll, I'll answer this one. So I was actually thinking about this one all day. Not all day. Jesus, that sounds intense. I was thinking about this last night, like as soon as I as soon as I wrote it. I agree completely with that. Especially... Easy, are you there? You want to jump in for this one? No. I think Dank's got this. Yeah. Can you, can, 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 can you not hear me? Oh, is is Dank uh, chatting? I have him on mute here. Hold on one second. Uh, I can hear him. Dumb, we can hear him. Dumb, yeah, right. we hear him. I'm sorry. I apologize. Dumb, man, you big meanie. Take Dank off of mute. <laughs> Let the Canadian free, man. Can everyone hear me? Canadians. Two Canadians. Can everyone hear me? Yeah, we can okay. hear you. Okay. I feel like Brittany Grimes. We can hear you. We hear you good, Jeff. Okay, so, um, what was I saying? Yeah, no, I agree completely. Now I can't. Oh, my. Let's see. I've caught this. Can you hear me? Wait one sec. You're good on my end. Oh, all right. Technical okay. difficulties here. I can, I'll start talking a little bit and we'll all let Dank replace when he comes back. So, I think that there's a personal risk tolerance element here that you need to consider, right? So, there's your like your bankroll ends up being a factor that only you can manage. And so, like, for example, for me, like we recommend we have coin flip bets, right? Which are bets that we think are roughly 50-50 to hit, but are coming in at plus money. And so we recommend that people take half a unit on them. Uh, because they're more volatile, right? Like the coin can not flip your way. And we don't want people exposed to that volatility um, or overexposed to that volatility. But I personally bet full units on those because my bankroll is quite large and, you know, humble brag, right? <laughs> like it's, you know, my bankroll, my unit size are aligned such that like, I can do that. And it's not a deal. Um, for you, I think what we, it's, it's really about your bankroll and risk tolerance in that we think they're plus EV and over the very long term, if you continue to make plus EV bets, like you will win money. Um, and it's reasonable to just bet full units and everything as long as you have the bankroll to do so and sustain the volatility. The reason we recommend 
like half units on some bats is because we recognize that our customer base has widely divergent bankrolls, right? Some of you have big ones, some big bankrolls, some of you have small bankrolls. And we want to make sure that, you know, we're, 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 re- we're making recommendations that are thoughtful in, in, in restricting the volatility that you get exposed to because we don't want our smaller bankroll customers to be like, aha, they recommended these bets. And then like it, we run bad one day and they all fail and someone's like, well, now I'm out of money. And well, that person's screwed, right? Because they're, it doesn't matter how plus EV we are the rest of the season, if that person's out of money to bet with, if you know, it's risk of ruin, essentially. All right, Dank, you're back. You, you disconnected. Do you want to jump in here on this uh, WCJ blocks one? <laughs> Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Man, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I always use these headphones. Um, okay. Um, yeah, so I agree that for those sort of uh, bets, they shouldn't be full units, just given the variance of them. Um, I, I do agree completely, like, no matter what, like, the EV is projected on them, I think in the long run, definitely, like, half units would be better than full units, I, I agree. Um, I don't know if you guys have different opinions, uh, on that, but... Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't necessarily think that, that those stats necessarily are more volatile. I, th- I think we usually put out bets like that more when they are coin flips at, yeah. at high plus odds yeah um so maybe in, in these cases when we're tossing out coin flips um it, we're, we're playing an odds game it's it's not necessarily because we think that blocks and three pointers are more volatile for every individual player um, but for these players they are and be, but because of the odds that we're getting yeah. on the yeah. block itself yeah um is what makes it a coin flip there, yeah. there's tons of players um, in the NBA, where their three-point percentage is not volatile and their blocks are not volatile, um, with the WCJ one last night, um, they, that was a total example where I, I would have also thrown that out for a full unit. It, yeah. it wasn't at any crazy odds. I, I only say just, just like um, for the average person, like they see usually if it's like a low block number, like a binary zero one, and they're like, oh my god, literally none of it. It looks hmm. bad, you know. So like, pro- like process wise, looking back, it looks stupid. But I like I would do a full unit, but I don't know. Maybe in the future I can make it a half unit. I just oh, that's my opinion. I think with just these these smaller number props, you you leave yourself to look like you've been exposed, right? Yeah. But but to go back to the question earlier about how do you take your your fantasy kind of process and bring it here, um, with prop betting, you're you're treating these kind of like cash games, right? We are only interested in in really beating a mean or median outcome. Um, we don't really care about ceiling. We don't really care about floor. Yeah. Um, here the floor looks very bad for a of point five block because he might get zero. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it, that was very volatile just because he ended up with zero or you see that that zero that makes you think, oh, wow, this was nowhere close. Yeah, um, there is total blocks that we 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 put out a lot of blocks. We, we went four and oh on blocks the other day, which, again, part of the running hot here. That, and those were volatile. Um, but those were plus 140, plus 170s, mm-hmm. um, things that, yeah, he is going to get zero blocks or steals more often than not. Uh, but not more often than we're getting the odds to bet it. Um, so yeah, so j- back to the question before, your fantasy research is, uh, if you're a cash game player, um, that's the research that will kind of lend itself mostly to the prop game. Um, the research that you're doing for you know these big tournaments, um, it's not really going to translate that well to props. It, it, it is very easy for us to play uh, players in DFS lineups, um, that we would not take their prop at. So just because we think that they're a great DFS play, that's usually for a ceiling and correlation. Uh, with the prop game, we're, we're just looking at a, at a median outcome. And, 
and trying to beat it more often than not. Yeah, I've had someone ask me like I had it's like I, we have we had an under bet on someone. Uh, on a prop, but I also said I liked that player in tournaments. And uh, someone asked me in Discord, like, why? That, how does that make sense? You, you say under in props, but you want to play them in tournaments. Why? And I said, and my response is because in the prop market, I care about the median outcome. In the tournaments, I care about the ceiling outcome, and those are different things. I also care about the percentage, like that they're owned and stuff. It, it, it is just a totally different game uh, when you're talking about tournaments. Um, I was a predominantly cash player. I recognize a ton of names in here. Uh, from early 2018, 19, uh, in the single entry forums, um, that was my game. I came here following JM on the the one entry approach, um, and and played that pretty strictly until uh, I was done with DFS and decided that props were just uh, so much more valuable uh, and profitable in the long run. But I still uh, I still take the same theory and the same process as I did to building my single entry, uh, my my low. Uh, entry single entry tournaments uh, and cash games and bring that side of it over to the prop game uh, versus you know trying to stack or trying to find these ceiling games that uh, many of you are in these larger tournaments yeah the other thing to recognize too is that we're playing props in aggregate right like we can't care all that much about winning a single prop bet right like what we care about is do we make money over the course of the year because some props will make you look stupid Right. Like, I mean, God, we've, how many times, how many times have we taken like unders on, you know, really slow, immobile pocket passer quarterbacks, you know, under 0.5 rushing yards on Tom Brady, that kind of thing. And those guys can make you look really dumb if they scramble once um, and you break your prop. Right. Like, and it's like, wow, wow, how can you possibly have taken an under on 0.5 rushing yards? All he had to do is take one step and he's over that. It's because it's because I don't care if he hits it that day. Right. Like it's because I know that over time, if I make that those kind of bets all the time, over time, I will win more often than I lose. Right. Like so you have to also look at it from that perspective. Like it's sort of like in cash games, too. Like I don't care on a it's it's harder in football because you only get once a week. But like things like showdown cash games or NBA cash games, I don't really care if I win any given day. I care if at the end of the season, my ROI is positive. You know, like I, I can't sweat the every single day thing because that, that way lies madness, at least to me. So it's fun to sweat the props, but at the end of the day, I don't really care about the outcome of any given one. I just care about that we make money over time. Yeah, so on that on that note, so one of the things we're going to do after this um, to kind of reward all the people that are subs right now is I'm going to do a stream um, OnlyFans. where we break – yeah, you, you guys couldn't afford that. Um so, <laughs> uh, hey, don't forget I'm the pretty one in the group, guys. So, um, but I'm going to take uh, our betting sheet that we've shared with everybody, and I'm going to show you guys how to manage bankroll. Uh, I've already coerced Jay into helping me with this. Dank, I'm going to pull by his hair, kicking and screaming into it. And we're going to sit down and share with you guys, like, the <clears> – <throat> Bankroll management is huge, and so we want to like really help our subs. Everybody, this is open to everybody. We're we're gonna like do this to like help our subs, kind of how we do inner circle, and that way it's available to them uh, and reward you for being there. But I have, for those of you guys that haven't gone through it yet, I I literally have built into there how to bankroll manage, how to get odds, how to calculate them, um, and I brought it up earlier. I'm working on something for underdog uh, and prize picks. Um, 
And so that way we can show you guys like how to manage it. And then the other thing I did is, so I withdrew all my money out of my prize picks account and I left $200 in there. So I'm going to sit down and I'm going to start showing daily, like my prize pick stuff um, and showing like, Hey, here's how we're correlating. This is why we're correlating. And I'm just going to do like a quick little write up in the insider chat for those that are already members. Hey, this is how and why we're correlating uh, to kind of reward you guys and thank you guys. And then also at the same time, help you learn how to do it. Because here's an example, like, uh, the prize picks underdog can be maddening, right? When you see the props do really well and you're like, oh, I didn't correlate it right, right? Like I've done it. So one of the things you want to watch is it, it depends on your risk tolerance, right? Like if you really believe in somebody, it's no risk it, no biscuit, like Mr. Arians used to say, right? Like if you have one person in a bunch of different lineups, if he hits, you're probably going to have a really great night. But if he misses, you're probably going to have a really bad night, right? So we're trying to mitigate that kind of risk. And so a standard line on Underdog or PayPal is on price picks, it's minus 131. On Underdog, it's minus 137. So we're looking for things that are over that to help correlate into better picks of the day. And with NBA, we can rotate this daily. So I know a bunch of people are in states that don't have that yet. We're working on it. And we don't want to just push something at you guys like a bunch of these other sites that have done and just said, boom, here you go. We put a prize pick picker together and here it is and give you something that really isn't going to give you the opportunity to be EV. But to give you guys an idea, like I'm going to show you guys and I'm going to start doing streams like this um, in our Discord and I can actually share my screen. So I'll show you guys how I'm building them and I'm going to do it starting from a $200 bankroll. Um, so that way it's, you know, it's on something that we can manage and we can look at, uh, and kind of some, I, I think it's going to hopefully bring some good value going forward. Awesome. Thanks everybody. Um, I want to remind, uh, everybody we're trying to keep this to an hour here. So, uh, I'm going to start firing off these questions here and, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we have about, I don't know five, six, seven questions left and anybody else from the community that wants to jump in. Um, on the topic of prize picks, this comes from B. Woodman. Uh, when mix and matching picks for two and three leg parlays on sites like Price Picks and Underdog, is there any strategy on how to pair them? Or do you like to pair, or do you like to just pair a variety of the picks together to increase the odds they hit on some? To follow up on Tenacious D's question, do we try to avoid ancillary props in UD and price pick uh, bets? And I don't know if that's something that you want to kind of uh, elaborate on uh, later, Trevor, in the screen share. Um, but I um, wanted to get that out there since we're on this topic. I think that's a right. So what we're trying to do on, on the betting side is we're trying to get as much expected value as we can. Right. So when you hear us say EV, that's expected value, right? So, and I want to pay a book the least amount of juice I can possibly pay it, right? If I can get a bet at, you know, over 10 and a half points and at one book it's 110 and at one book it's 135, as long as I haven't done nine bets in a row on the book that's at 110, I'm going to put that book, place that on the book that's at 110. So one of the things you're going to hear us really preach and recommend is, have availability if you're in a state that is now legal or 
options to other books, be in as many books as you possibly can for props, right? You've already seen guys starting to get limited. Uh, but to go back to that, um, there is an opportunity to do both. A little bit goes back again to your play style with DFS, okay? In DFS, some people are single entry three max players. In DFS, you got guys that are MME and putting in 150 lineups on, on multiple contests, right? Um, it's going to take a little bit of trying to find out, okay, I am better at correlating this and putting together two threes or, hey, I'm really good at correlating the five picks together and I'm I'm doing much better at that, right? So what do you do? You keep your bank percentage low to start, right? So you're not putting, right, if you have $200 in account, don't have your, you know, two picks for $75 each that night, right? Your picks need to be five, $10, right? Doing two or three legs and find out, okay, hey, I'm really good at this or vice versa. I'm better at correlating the five together because X brought it up earlier, right? There's some DFS theory into this, right? So uh, I think your example was best X and that you talked about, hey, we knew Sertain was going to cover Mike Will that night, right? We all talked about it like Sertain's just going to shut him down, right? There's only a couple of shutdown corners left in the NFL, and that's one of them. Um, so while they bake a little projection into that, books are missing that right now. Um, in the NBA, because of the daily, it's a little more vol- volatile with that. But we know like, hey, these, you know, this person's had this many assist opportunities or this many rebound opportunities. Or this team can't guard guards because they're trash at it. So those are things we're going to try to exploit. So it's going to adjust our risk daily. Um, and going forward, that's that's something we're going to work on. Really putting out like solid content to like help you guys learn with. Um, in in general, uh, you want to treat UD and Prize Picks um, in the NBA. It's again, it's a lot more like cash games. They. Yeah, they yep. do not need to be correlated uh, in the NBA, which which makes it it makes it much easier, especially with the prop subscription. Um, you can mix and match our most juiced props um, on Prize Picks and Underdog, and, and be set it and forget it. You, it it's it's not really going to uh, be advantageous for you to try to find uh, correlated props there. In the NFL, you are going to have to do that. Um, it's not going to be so much about the juice; it's going to be about correlation. Um, but with NBA specifically, uh, I posted in the chat a couple times, but but I understand not everybody's able to spend as much time in there as maybe they like. But the, the easiest way to play underdog and prize picks in the NBA is to open up Caesar Sportsbook, find the odds over minus 135, and try to match them to the platform that you're playing on. Um, yep. Mix and match these with the, the official props that we put out. And you can know that if you run into bad variants, you've just run into bad variants. You're not playing badly. If you are finding props on Caesars that are more than the 131 or the 137, um, which is the break-even number on the two sites, I believe, uh, you know that you are getting value on those sites. Um, NBA is is the one that you want to be playing the prize picks and the underdog uh, the most. Play them like cash games, mix and match, and set and forget. Yeah, for sure. Well, sometimes is trying to like mix and match and being able to do it sort of evenly in a balanced way, right? Because like 
it's hard if you're not paying attention like really carefully to like the exposures you're getting. It's easy to find yourself with too much or too little exposure to one player or the other. Um, you know, ideally what you want to try and do is track so that you're getting an e- like if you have if you have four plays that you want to make, right? Plays A, B, C, and D, there are six different possible combinations of two-way parlays. And so if you're trying to bet two-way parlays on those four plays, you should bet all six. Like take your bank, take your bankroll that you're willing to risk on them, divide it in six and bet all of them. Don't try to pick two or three different combinations and be like, I sure hope these hit. That's just sort of at, you're adding extra volatility to your, to your, your play that way, right? You're just kind of guessing. Um, it's more effective to try and make sure that you're getting uh, an even distribution of risk across your sort of your portfolio of plays. Um, that's how you ensure that if you hit that, you know, 55% or whatever, the win rate, the, the win rate on individual picks you need in order to be above break even on those sites is, is roughly fifty five percent. It varies a little bit depending on um, which you know if you do a two or three or four or five leg, um, but it's right around fifty five percent. And so if you're over that in your individual picks, you should be profitable as long as your risk is evenly distributed. If you're not evenly distributing your your risk your picks, then you're you know you could be over fifty over fifty five percent on your individual picks, but you could get unlucky. And how they're distributed and you could, you know, you, or you could get lucky, which is cool. But at the end of the day, right, like we're not trying to play for luck. We're trying to play for, um, you know, for, for wins, for predictable wins. So, so to just put that in, into a nice, easy way to understand, if you have pick A, B, C, D, uh, so you have four picks that you want to play, you play six entries, play A, B, A, C, A, D, B, C, B, D, and C, D. And you'll be equally exposed. And as long as you're hitting now, you're 55, you're 56, you're 60%, you will win over time. Make sure that you're not increasing volatility by choosing the props that you like the most. Um, that, that's a huge leak for people. Take out as much volatility as you possibly can uh, and, and make it as rigid and profit producing over time. Don't take out the luck. You may miss out on those nights where you go 10 and 0. Um, but but you'll have way less zero in 10 days. And again, over time, uh, you're just looking for a positive ROI over a season. Individual nights just don't matter. And also, like, especially if you're new to that, be wary of like the five line ones, just because like you've probably seen charts out there that say like three and five uh, way parlays on those sites are the, they have the lowest implied rake. It's true, but the five-way ones are also much more volatile because you have to get five right. Like you're, you need to win five percent of the time or more in order to break even, right? Which is, which is great, except there's just a lot of volatility inherent in that approach, right? If you're betting, say, three lines a day, you're going to win on average once a week. Is that fun? Is that interesting? Does that do you feel safe with that approach? Like probably not. That's a kind of more almost more of a GPP style approach, right? You're you're shooting for the moon, but you're hoping to hit the big score. Um, if you want to do that, you know, by all means, right? But like, that's not the safest way to play those sites, right? Like, it's I'd say start with twos, get comfortable, branch out into threes. Twos and threes should be sort of the core of your like your cash game style approach. And then if you want to add a little bit of risk in hopes of you know hitting the home run bat, you can then branch out to you know to fours and fours into fives. The actual difference in expected value and like the implied rake the sites are collecting between twos and threes is, is not very high. It's pretty modest. Make sure that you're not running into the mistake of, uh, hey, it's not a coincidence that the, the big kind of rhetoric right now is that, you know, the three five five system uh, being the most optimal. 
Uh, I don't have any numbers on it, but I, I would be very shocked if that's not um, the numbers that are producing the highest rake for prize picks and underdog. Uh, make sure that you're not confusing what's the most optimal result with the most optimal result for you. Um, make sure you're just not trying to kind of outpunch your weight, if that makes sense. All right. Answer next question is, sorry. Uh, next question is from Deekman uh, OO. What percent percentage range of your bankroll should be in play at any given time, and why? What's your highest exposure to our to a particular player? A standard slate of props. Uh, so i i have I have what I consider my bankroll that I play with. Uh, and it is very common for me to have 100% of my bankroll that I play with at any given time in play uh, almost every night. I, I play very rigidly. Uh, I want to have about 4% per prop, uh, which only gives me about 25, 25 bullets. And it's actually a couple less than that when you consider the juice. Um, so because I do play at a 4% rake, sorry, a 4% unit size, that you know when we're putting out 20-something bets a, a night, I can't stay true. Uh, to that that ba that active bankroll, uh, without you know putting it kind of all in on on lower nights like tonight we might only have three or four. I still just have a four percent unit, so maybe I only have sixteen percent out of my of my bankroll tonight. But um, you know you got to do what kind of makes the most sense for you. Um, I would recommend for anybody starting out be at one or two percent units. You're gonna have you know maybe forty percent of your bankroll in at any given night. And do just bet them straight. Just only have a couple percent uh, percentiles of your bankroll linked to each player. And again, ROI over time. So now, read Jerry's bankroll article. It's a good one. Um, and I should. I just want to clarify one thing on behalf of Jerry here. He says bankroll. He says he has 100% in play. But there's like you have to think about how you define bankroll. And so, like I assume, Reezy, what you mean is that's the amount of money you have on the site at the time, right? In the site, in your site account. Um, I personally define bankroll a little differently. I define bankroll as the amount of money I'd be willing to lose before I said, fuck this, right? Before I said, I need to find a new hobby. I suck at this. Um, and so like, I, cause I withdraw money from my accounts to invest in other things. But then if I run into a cold streak, I will deposit more, right? And so it's not like the amount of money in my DraftKings account is not actually my bankroll in that case, right? It's the amount of money that's in my DraftKings account. Um, and so think about it from that perspective too, right? Think about, don't just think about the amount of money in your account. Think about how much would you be willing to lose before you said, I think I need a new hobby. Um, that's really your bankroll. Yeah, I, I define active bankroll as the amount of money I'm willing to lose in one night, which probably equates to about 10% of my total bankroll. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's what I was going to expound on, right? So, right, like total bankroll versus daily playing bankroll. Um, I think X gave a really good explanation of, right, you're willing to go there versus, like, let's just pick a number, right? Let's say you have 500 bucks, right? We'll go, you have $500, right? 10% of that, right, you have at DraftKings. 10% of that you have at FanDuel. 10% of that you have at MGM, right? And you have it spread out through different books, right? Um, what are you willing to go every night? So, I'm right in between, so I'm a three to five percent on my what I'm willing to put out. And 
the reason it varies for me is when I am getting what I feel is better implied odds, I'm going to risk a little bit more. And when I feel like I'm getting less implied odds, it, I will, sometimes I will risk a little less. And that's the three, four, 5%. So I'm a little bit in between Jay uh, on how that rolls. But I think X gave the best explanation in that one to 2% is really good. And so in the bet tracker that we built, it will show you how to do that. So um, my goal is to actually do that Saturday morning sometime. So before X and Hilo do their show, uh, before it gets crazy in the afternoon, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to walk all our insiders who want to be on through the bet tracker. And it actually, it'll play it for you. It'll tell you if you want to bet 1% of your bankroll, it's this. If you want to bet three, it's this. If you want to bet five, it's this. Um, and that way it's already doing the math for you. I, I do think this is important. So I just, I do have one more thing here to put. Um, if, if you're doing this for profit, you, you need to have a goal. So you need to have a certain amount of money that when this season concludes that you want to have made to make this, this worth your while. So for, for me, my, my goal is between five and 8%. I, I want to bring home at the end of each season, five to 8% of the money that I invested. So in NFL, it's a little bit easier. NFL is 18 weeks. I need to make sure that I'm making enough per week that brings my goal uh, at the end. So I need to divide my goal by 18 weeks, and then I need to make sure that I have enough money in play each week that a 6 to 8% return on that investment equals the investment that I have or the goal that I have at the end of the season. Um, so so it, it, isn't, it isn't random by any means. Um, you need to make sure that you have a goal, you have a set goal that you want to accomplish, and then you need to be honest with yourself how much money you need to invest to reach that goal um, on a return on investment that's that's realistic, and then make sure that you're getting in that amount of money per week in the like the NFL or by day in the NBA. That was really good. That, that thanks for sharing that. that. That was good for everybody to hear. All right, that was awesome. Um. You guys heard there was a bankroll management article. I posted it in a few of the props chats. You can go to pretty much the end and you can see them and they'll be pinned as well. If you guys want to read that from uh, Reezy who wrote that earlier this year. And then uh, next question is from Benny and Hana. How would you approach increasing one unit in a dollar amount? So hypothetically, if one unit equaled $20, at what point of profit would you say is acceptable to increase that? I can speak from experience on this a little bit. I started out as a, as a 20 unit better with about a $2,000 bankroll. Um, I didn't raise to a $50 bankroll until I got to 4,500. Uh, if that makes sense for anybody. Yeah, I think it's really, I mean, yeah. Like if, if you look at Jay Reese's article where he talks about, you know, your percent of bankroll and decide where you think you are, if you're new to this, you should probably be in the conservative column, um, right? You know, one, one to two percent uh, unit size. And then, you know, I don't think it makes sense to try and change your unit size like every single day. Like, oh, I won eight percent last week, so now my unit size goes up eight percent. Like, that's just going to become a nightmare of tracking for you. Um, but like, I do think at some point, if your bankroll goes up fifty percent or a hundred percent, then it makes sense to think about, you know, is it time to increase it? 
I will tell you with almost get, like, with almost certainty what will happen is whatever day you choose to increase your your unit size is the day we will have a bad run and you will lose. Um, that has happened every single time I have I have uh, upped my unit size um, in props. But you know, at the end of the day, right? Like we don't play for one day, so <laughs> bear with it. What I would suggest though is. Increase your unit size as your bankroll goes up. Don't just increase your unit size because like we're on a hot streak and you're like, aha, I've got a bit more. I've got to put I'm going to make my unit size 5% now because we're hitting every time like that. That's that's going to expose you to more risk. This question is from ACS 204. One thing I don't like about NBA DFS is you have to be available for the hour before lock to account for any start, sit, lineup changes, etc. How often do you have to be available for props and how do you account for last minute player start sits? I mean, you don't like it's just sort of up to you, right? So like in NBA, you are going to get last minute news and that will change lines. Um, and so I think you can take a, it's a couple of approaches, right? One is you can take the approach of if you want to put your bets down earlier in the day, I'm only going to bet on places where I feel like I have certainty or near certainty of who's going to be playing and starting. That's kind of what we do with our earlier day bets, right? We're not going to take earlier day bets uh, where we think we're sort of guessing at who's playing or unless we feel the odds are really favorable, right? Like uh, with Kobe Leonard the other day, we got burned by it, but we thought his point line was too low because what we'd seen from like beat reporters was he was fully healthy and he should be playing his normal minutes. Um, and then it turns out he wasn't, and we were, and that was wrong. Um, and so, you know, we had to change. Uh, we had we lost that one because it turns out he played like 18 minutes or whatever the hell it was. Um, but generally speaking, like you can take the approach of I'm only going to bet on things where I feel a high degree of confidence early in the day at the time window that I have available to evaluate and make bets. Or, and I mean, or you can take an approach of. I'll be, I will be online. And so like, I'm going to be watching because books, you know, like as, as lineups come out, lines change, you can sometimes take advantage as a guy who's starting, who wasn't expected to be in his line. You know, like when, when a lineup comes out and it's different than expected, there's going to be, uh, their books are going to pull those lines, but when they repost them, they might not be right. You know, they're trying to like, be like, well, shit, what should this line be for this dude who we've never seen start before? And so maybe the line's too low or too high and you can take advantage of that. Um, the books also tend to, in NBA, post lines on, like, the reserve bench players closer to lock. Um, so sometimes there's an opportunity there. But really, at the end of the day, it's like you don't have to be online all day long to be successful. Uh, I think, you know, the, the more you're available, the more edge there is because, you know, you're available to respond to news and take advantage of, that, take advantage of later news and earlier news. And, um, but you don't, you know, you don't have to be online 24-7 in order to be successful. Uh, with that, I actually have to run. My boss at my day job is like pinging me saying, I need you right now. So that's fun. Um, so I will leave you in the capable hands of our, the rest of our props folks here. Uh, and I will catch you all on Discord in a little bit. Thanks, Alex. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I would say if you're looking for times that to be around, uh, we, we're, we're looking to get early kind of confidence bets on players that won't be affected by news or lineups that we feel very confident in. Uh, you know, between like 11 and one, um, we'll go through again and we're trying to get a second set out, you know, between like maybe three and four. Um, and then after that, we're, we're just waiting for lineups to come out uh, and we're trusting projections more than anything at that point. That's when projections are the strongest. Um, it's a little bit more math than, you know, kind of art at that point. 
Um, and then as X said, the, the, the most profitable time to sports bet is within the last hour before lock. Um, because you do get a lot of the bench players or as you know, many of us like to refer to them to as scrubs. Um, and when the books start posting scrub lines, these are the, these are the guys that they do not have uh, a very strong, um, rationale or opinion about minutes or production. Um, so we love to hit scrub unders uh, before lock. So it is important to be kind of around, but but the beauty of a prop service like this is you you don't need to be actively around. You need to be around your phone and around whatever device you use to bet. Um, and, and it can be as quick as a, you know, a 10, 15 second inter like interruption uh, to just put in a line and uh, you don't need to sweat it. You can just get it in, forget it and go back to your night. I have uh, yeah, I have one more question here, um, and then we're gonna have about probably five ten five minutes or so left. And I'm hoping, uh, Reese, you can cover just a little bit um, of if somebody was new um, to opening books or anything like that, maybe some recommendations of what to do. But let me do uh, this one last question here, and then we're gonna jump to that. Uh, this is from Jordan Rules. How do you know when it's plus EV to play a parlay of the prop bets that are presented? or keep them straight bets. For example, Lamar and Andrews was suggested for underdog and prize picks, but Evans was suggested separately. Is it a good idea to just parlay all of them for a 5X return or or what exactly? Yeah, so so that, that example makes makes a ton of sense. Um, you're, you're playing a passing game of one side and expecting the other passing game uh, to, to play as well. So in in terms of NFL, you you have to correlate. So when you do three, and on these sites, you need to have players of both teams. So that's a great example of using uh, underdog and prize pick leans and an official and putting it together in something that you can parlay. Uh, I'm notoriously risk adverse. Uh, I don't parlay. Uh, I I play almost 100% straight props, uh, with the uh, the exception being single game parlays with very safe secondary legs. And that's usually just to get juice down um, on props that uh, I didn't hit when they were, you know, at, at reasonable juice. So if something opened at minus 120 and it's one, you know, 145 now, uh, I want to try to find something that I consider very safe uh, to get that back down to the minus 110, uh, minus 120 range. Um, a good example of that was the Grayson Allen uh, points over. I believe uh, it opened at nine and a half. Uh, and we didn't get to bet it till 10 and a half. Uh, it still went over by, by quite a few points. Uh, but instead of taking that 10 and a half, uh, I used a, a 9.5 over. So at least a 10 plus, And I parlayed it with two threes. Uh, that's because Grayson Allen shoots a lot of threes. And he very rarely goes over 10 points without hitting at least two threes. So I was able to get the juice down on that particular prop. Uh, but that's really the only time that I parlay uh, or single game parlay. Uh, so... Not really the best there. All right, I'm going to leave this last question uh, for you, Reezy, to answer, because I know you and I have had this discussion before. But um, you could end the, the chat here with if anybody that's new to sports betting, uh, they're opening up a new account or, um, you know, new to this, recommendations for somebody coming in, using our service, uh, unit size to bet so they're not limited or anything to that to that degree, if you could kind of elaborate on that. Um, so the, the, the singular most important thing is that if you are in a state that has access to a lot of sports books, you need to open the sports book and deposit some money on it as soon as you can. 
Um, even if you don't plan to use all of these books because you don't have enough money to adequately fund them, you need to get these accounts open. Um, if you can, you need to start betting. You need to start priming these accounts so you do get longer leashes. Um, I, I it, It's not the most DV thing by any means from a math standpoint, but um, accounts are very important to me, and, and you'll learn that accounts are very important to you as well. So you need to do as many things as you can to make sure that you stay off the radar of traders. Um, nobody knows the exact kind of formula that gets you across a trader's desk, but it is believed that you go across a trader's desk at bet 25, bet 50, and bet 100. Um, you need to try to prime, which means uh, make bets that you do not necessarily care if you win or lose. You can do these at low dollar amounts. Um, but bet bet money lines, bet bet parlays, bet single game parlays, bet bet things. Right, you just need to have uh, a player profile that gets you through the. We call them buckets. Uh, so you want to go into the no bucket at every level of trading. Um, books only have so many live traders. Uh, the only accounts that they see are accounts that have been put on their desk by whatever algorithm they use to try to identify sharp betters. So the more that you can spread out your card, uh, your card is your bets for the night. Say we have 20 bets, you are, you're, you are going to go across a trader's desk much quicker betting all 20 of those bets on one book. If you have the, you have the availability of multiple books, it is very advantageous to you to bet you know, four on one book, four on another, five on another, two on another, um, to not hit multiple bets. Um, from a prop service, from our prop service, anywhere else um, on multiple times within minutes, uh, try to spread them out. Um, I will actively look to bet um, bet prop service bets or bet bets I think other people are going to hit on different books, even if the juice is a little bit worse. So if I'd hit three bets in a row on DraftKings from the OWS prop service, I would be very, very cautious to bet the fourth. Um, for an example, if we put out Grayson Allen over 10 and a half points, I'd bet three bets on in a row on DraftKings, and the, the juice there was minus 110 for that prop, and it was minus 120 on Caesars. I would, I would bet the fourth prop at minus 120 at Caesars uh, just to try to stay under the radar. Um, it, is, it is very, very, very important to keep as many outs as you can. Uh, both for the ability to get down money in the future once your unit size does increase and also to be able to get the best lines. I'm sure a lot of you have already noticed that um, books do not all use the same odd service. They don't use the same provider. Um, there's at least three or four. Some of them, like FanDuel, post their own lines individually. Um, so you need to be able to have money on these books to attack kind of off-market numbers. Speaking of off-market numbers, there's a difference between an off-market number uh, I'd say FanDuel. FanDuel uses it, makes its own props, so it lines its own things. So an off-market line on FanDuel is more likely to be a mistake. There is an off-market line on Caesars. Caesars doesn't limit uh, high limit betters. Uh, you can get down four digits pretty easily. Um, they, the lines that are different on Caesars more likely have been shifted that way, so by sharp money. So if you see a prop on DraftKings that's 77.5 and you see a 75 on Caesars, that's a very good clue that sharp big bettors are betting the under. If you see a 75 on FanDuel, there's a better chance that they just have a bad number. 
Um, Caesars is a safe haven. Um, if you can bet on Caesars, you're not going to get limited there. Um, it doesn't really matter what your sample size, what your card looks like there. I would always try to bet on Caesars if I could, if, if the juice was the same. Um, but really just try to spread them out um, and just kind of do your best to mask, you know, how sharp you are. Uh, these books do not want to lose money and they're not actively trying to let sharp bettors bet. The more that you can do uh, to hide how good you are at this, uh, the better it will be for you long term. And yeah, I, I think just the most important thing is is don't use one book just because you have one book. Uh, don't don't split your unit over multiple books for the same prop. So don't say don't say that you have a fifty dollar unit and then bet the same prop twenty five dollars on both books. All you're doing is giving both books access to your betting history, and both of them will get limited quickly. That's awesome, Reezy. Um, everybody, thanks for coming. I'll, I'll end with this. Um, this was... stick around if there's a question or two that anybody wants to come up live. Yeah, if anybody wants to come up live, and, and I'll say this, you know, when we were developing this product, it was really important that we wanted to help everybody be successful, but also knowing everybody's coming from a DFS background. And something that OWS does really well is teach you, obviously, how to fish. And while we're handing you fish right now, I think the education that we're trying to provide and the picks that the team is putting out is extremely valuable and we'll continue to lean into that. Um, and again, this is, you know, OWS is, is truly a community. And if you guys have ideas, suggestions, please let us know. If you guys want more of these AMAs, if you guys want more articles, whatever it might be, we really want to uh, cater to the audience here and really help everybody continue to learn being this is new for a lot of us. I know it's new for me. Um, but just like DFS, I think we can create a really, really sharp group of players here and continue to grow this over time. Um, and thank you to Reezy and thank you to Zandamir and, and to Trevor and everybody that joined us today. I don't see any more questions or hands up. Um, but again, let us know if you want to do this again. And Reezy and Zandamir are always in the chat. Feel free to tag them and you'll probably get your question answered. Reezy, anything else to add? Oh, my, my DMs are always open. Um, again, a, a lot of the guys in here are the guys that are, are sending me uh, messages in my inbox. Um, they, you guys are also polite. They almost always so, say sorry about, you know, wasting your time or bugging you. Um, this, is, this is my job. This is, this is what I do. So um, it, it's definitely not a hassle. I love kind of talking about this stuff. Um, it's, you know, the, the great thing about OWS is it is, it is a family here. We, we want everybody to succeed. Um, but for many of us, this is kind of our platform to uh, share kind of our common beliefs or like our, our common goals here. You know, um, I don't know about the rest of you, but, I, you know, I don't have a ton of friends in real life that do this. Right. So um, when I can come to a place like this and talk to you guys in DMs and stuff like that, you know, that that's definitely something I enjoy. So don't be afraid to reach out. Thanks all. Good luck tonight with all your bets and uh, good luck if you're playing some showdown and uh, look for all the OWS content coming the rest of the weekend. We'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.